Hello and welcome to Chatting, a podcast where people chat about how they learn and use English. My name is Sam, I'm a CELTA teacher and a performer and I have a particular interest in pronunciation and expression. In each episode, non-native and native speakers will chat about their experiences with English, share their advice and, at the end, I'll give some pronunciation tips for you to take away and practice. So, ready? Let's get chatting. This episode, I'm chatting with Jane. Jane is an English language teacher who currently lives in France. We met online, as we're in different countries, so there were some slight delays and overlaps, but we're all used to this now. We chatted about growing up bilingual, accents and favourite words, but I started by asking Jane to tell me a little bit about herself. All right, well, uh, I'm Jane. I'm uh, an English teacher. I am half Belgian, half uh, British, and I was born in Germany, and now I've been living in France for a few years. Half British, half Belgian. How would you describe your English? Ha. Well, um, I've learned English well since I was a baby. My, my father always talked to me in English. He was an English teacher, and he really was... Uh, one of his main mission was, okay, I want my kids to speak good English. And, well, you know, basically even now he's just obsessed with uh, with English, with his own language. And, you know, I saw it, well, last week when I was at his place, you know, he's like writing down new expressions that he picked up in a newspaper that he likes. And yeah, he's really, even now, you know, um, he still does it. He's still like really, oh, you know, when we have just like random conversations. So I think he did a good job. I think he did. <laughs> obviously, you know, I went to school uh, in French the whole time. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, my level of English is a bit under my level of French. Obviously, I did go to Canada. I did do a few things, but well, most of my school years were in French. So yeah, so my English is more basically you, the huge input has been from my father. Fantastic. It sounds really interesting that he continues to write down expressions. Are you influenced in that way? Do you do the same thing? Well, uh, I think think I do it, but not just in English, you know, because he's really uh, has this idea that, you know, like English is like the top language and uh, which, you know, I do agree with. I really love English and so on. But I since I also speak other languages in my daily life, you know, I do write down stuff, but it's not just English. It's kind of multi, multi-lingual. Whereabouts is your father from? Uh, he's from uh, a little village near Aberdeen. Aha. Uh-huh. So his accent, was that any sort of influence on you growing up? Uh, well, actually, he had already changed his accent because we were in Germany at the time and he used to be a geography teacher, but decided, you know, saw that, okay, I can be an English teacher. But mm-hmm. he also noticed that, you know, his Scottish accent was not really uh, the English that people were trying to learn. They wanted ah. more, you know, received pronunciation. And mm-hmm. so he totally changed his accent and he has, you know, kind of a neutral accent now. And even now English speakers, they can't really place him. They're like, you know, well, are you like South African or, you know, because uh-huh. obviously when you talk to him, they, they can see or hear that he's a native, mm-hmm. but they can't quite place him. Are you more aware of your accent because 
your, you know, your, your father changed it and that you've lived in different countries and you have lots of different influences because you speak different languages? Well, I think, yeah, I'm aware of my accent because, you know, I've recorded myself and being an English teacher and so on, you're just like, okay, you know, what do I sound like? And now being a, a mother and trying to be an example for my daughter, I'm like, okay, what do I sound like? Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, when I went to Canada, I was about 17. I went there for a few months. I was in a host family. I, I Even at the time, I was kind of, you know, really, well, not obsessed with my accent, but I somehow wanted to sound native. You know, right. I wanted this, this was like, uh, dear to me and my host mother said to me well I think if you want to sound like a native you would have to go to a speech therapist or something because you don't sound like a native. Oh, wow <laughs> and I was like oh she's probably right you know she's the native <laughs> she knows but I think you know as time goes by you just learn to accept yourself and just to think okay I am not just like my dad just you know like who grew up just only in English mm-hmm. I'm not a real or a hundred percent native um you know another version of that it's a part of who I am as well absolutely but do you think it matters well I don't know but it, you know when you grow up in a country that's not yours like you know we were in Germany and I wasn't really like German at all or even in the German society since we were going to French speaking school mm-hmm. at some point you're just like looking for a sense of belonging and you know, even when I go to Scotland, I'm just like, I really look Scottish when I go about. But when once I open my mouth, they're like, oh, you know, this is a French girl. <laughs> and when I'm in Belgium, it's just like, OK, you're Belgian, but you're not quite Belgian. So there's also this. I think it was more about that, you know, That's interesting. especially be, yeah, when you're younger, you know. Let's talk about your teaching then. Are there things that you do in your teaching that you have taken from your own learning or do you think you've developed some things that are specific to you Jane as a teacher well I think you know not just related to pronunciation but I think what I've learned you know about learning languages is that you have to find um, something that you're you know within the language something you're passionate about or something that you really like mm-hmm. um, and well obviously to me and I think you know, maybe maybe it's because uh, my dad taught me English but I think uh, for me you know uh, trying having to speak with someone that really interests me or that I really like or really love has definitely been you know, a very, something that motivates me a lot in learning a language. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I tell my students a lot is, you know, if you're into series or if you're into comic books or, you know, something, there's something about the culture of that language or is it music, if it's music or anything, that, you know, just like dive into that. Because I think that that's like truly motivating. So about your students then, is there anything when you're teaching that you know that your students will understand and get quickly anything in English that you think ah this is easy well most of my students already speak French Mm -hmm. so obviously you know you've got many words in common and you know the English speaking culture is just already all over I mean in films you know you've got all the films coming from America now like Netflix is huge so, you know, even if it's not their own language, they already have, you know, a concept of mainly Americans. But mm. uh, I mean, music, music is definitely something that we all do that, you know, sing songs in languages we don't understand. But it's <laughs> yeah. just like you feel it, you know, you don't have to understand it. It's true. That's no. what I really try to. And I think that it's also a part of, 
you know me as a person growing up bilingual mm -hmm. is that uh you don't really have to like fully understand but you have to have you know the concept right and i i see that you know some well just you know who just have one monolingual students they really struggle well that i think my way of teaching english because they really want yeah but what's the equivalent you know like more of the right. translator kind of optic you know but what is the exact word in french i have low level of english you know sometimes when they're we're doing an assessment or something and they, they have this idea that they want to say it in this way um they have this idea in their head and i was like well try to use you know the lot the knowledge that you know to you know go around your difficulty mm. to try to tell me what you want to tell me but in a different way you know of course if the level is too low it's really difficult because you need you do need the words but uh i think yeah i try to do that a lot with them as you teach lower level students sort of people starting out younger kids are there any particular phrases that are popular I try to, you know, like introduce little, you know, tongue twisters or little expressions or the, you know, the, the stuff that you would say like, oh, you know, yummy, yay, hooray, stuff like that, that you, you know, you squeeze in or, you know, it's like, oh, this exercise is easy. And then they, they always go uh, easy peasy, lemon squeeze, you know, just have, you know, some I have, I had them in their first year uh, in middle school or secondary school. And now I have them later and they still you know, they still, they remember that stuff, yeah. you know, like, or way more than, you know, I don't know, like complex grammar or mm. that you would teach them. It's just like the fun of the, the sounds, you know, I do a lot of that. You mm. try to bring some fun into it. Is there anything that you avoid doing when teaching lower level students? Well, obviously when you have low levels, you really have to prepare a lot mm. in the sense that you don't have to overwhelm them with language because if not, you lose them. So you, you really have to, you know, build this kind of trust net and be like, okay, we saw these words and reuse them. Absolutely. I think the idea of not overwhelming people is really important. You, you must feel like you're making progress. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, I mean, it's very easy when you're learning a language to feel you know, totally like you know this is too much for me and mm. this is you know I've had that many times when you're just uh, in the country and you're like within people talking and you're just like you know you have a brain overload you're just like <laughs> okay I can't think anymore and I have to you know sink back into myself and go take a nap <laughs> because you know you're just like your brain is going oh, you're trying to keep up and, and mm. it's not possible so you have to yeah, really try to, to avoid that as much as possible, especially in a classroom. Can I ask you about your own skills? Is there anything about your own English, uh, like grammar or vocabulary or pronunciation that you would improve if you could? Well, I would definitely try to improve my pronunciation if I could. When I listen to myself or, you know, I do a lot of reading uh, at night, you know, so, uh, bedtime stories. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, I... I kind of landed badly or, but I think it's just, I have to practice more. Is it the rhythm or is it particular sounds? I would like to improve my speed of delivery. Okay. And I think, yes, some sounds, not many, to be honest, not many, maybe like two or three that I struggle with or, you know, mm -hmm. but I mean, I can get away with hiding that, I think. Because <laughs> obviously when I speak, you know, when I speak French, I think maybe I'm less self-aware, but it just like, you know, it flows better. It just flows better. And I would, it would love to have that more in English, but I know that 
to, to have that, I would have to you know, maybe spend a few years, you know, like constantly, or maybe I would, yeah, I have to, would like to have kind of more native friends around me. I have uh, in Spanish, for example, I have my, my colleague, he's from Argentina uh-huh. and I'm super happy to be, you know, like, you know, on a daily basis. So I'm just like talking Spanish to him. And I would just love to have that in English, even though I speak English all the time, but it's just that you're always, you know, you're the top dog in the sense that you're the one with the the highest level of English. And it would just be, you know, it's refreshing when you have, like, okay, somebody, they have, you know, things to teach you because their level is higher than yours. Can you give me an example of a sound that you would improve? Because you said there were like two well, or three sounds, but... Like, for example, yeah, this is the, t- the typical, but, you know, like, clothes. I can't do the, like, the British way, the yeah. really, um, I can't. I just say clothes and then, well, that's it. Well, I think that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, don't worry. Final question. Do you have a top piece of advice that you give your students when learning English? Well, I think the, the top piece of advice, I think, would be you know, passion and discipline, because, you know, if learning a language, it's, it's a lot of hard work, and it doesn't, doesn't happen by chance, mm. you really have to, and it's basically, well, I think what my, my dad passed on to us, it's, you know, this kind of obsession of the right word, or, you know, how could you say this in, you know, to express what you want to say, and it, it doesn't, just apply to English it applies to all languages that and I did that with my students because we're doing our pen pal project and it was okay what's your favorite word we did and the American student did the same like what's your favorite or what are your favorite words and I actually thought about that you know what are my favorite words and then I I realized that I have you know favorite expressions were there similar words that came up or did someone have something completely out of left field well, no, actually, they, they had very different words, which oh. I found even more interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and some, funny enough, had English words, you know, they, they wrote down English words. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I really like how that sounds. And, you know, on the American side, you also had, you know, like, um, amour, you know, like, words in French. They were like, oh, you know, it sounds so exotic and it's just so you know romantic and stuff and wow. you're just like oh, yeah yeah I really like that it was yeah it's a very interesting exercise no, uh, definitely. I was just thinking about my favorite word I think one of my favorite words is marvelous well yeah you know that's a really cool word or even you know wonderful it's just yeah. like oh, it seizes the oh <laughs> or you know I'm in awe I just love that expression oh yeah because it's just like you know you, you see the person with you know, their mouth open and being just, oh, you know, it's, I love it. <laughs> I'm in awe. I love that phrase. <laughs> Passion and discipline is needed to learn a language. Jane's right. So make sure you find the fun stuff and this will help you to work hard. Learning words like, mmm, yummy, or expressions like easy peasy lemon squeezy are a great way to play with the sounds of English and you will remember them forever. So, this episode's pronunciation tip is that tricky change from the V to Z in plurals as Jane described with the word clothes. We really want the tip of the tongue to do the work and we want one transition, one move and one continuous sound. This is a difficult one, so a little bit of practice. Start with the 
sound, which we practiced in episode seven. Tip of the tongue between the teeth and a gentle buzz. Next, try the z sound. Zebra, zoo. Notice, where is your tongue now? It should be just behind your bottom teeth. Now, what we want is the tongue to move a little bit from between the teeth to behind the teeth. So let's go slowly. Don't release too much air and try not to open your mouth too much or your teeth. It's just a movement with the tongue. Clothes. Clothes. To practice, I have three more examples of words with this ending in the plural. First, one mouth, two mouths. Try this sentence. How many mouths are we feeding today? Next, I bathe in the bath. He or she bathes. Try this sentence. He bathes in milk. She bathes in water. Finally, you breathe. He or she breathes. Try this sentence. When she breathes in, he breathes out. Final practice. Let's put the three words together in one sentence. He breathes. She bathes. Our mouths are open. Over to you to practice. So there we are. The transcript of this episode is available to read on the podcast's webpage, so take a look. Join me next time for more pronunciation and grammar tips, more advice, and most importantly, more chatting. My thanks again to Jane and for her music. A massive thanks to the wonderful Mara Carlyle. Bye for now. Thank you.